This call is being recorded. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast, home of your two and one first place in the NFC South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am James Yarko, joined as usual by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We're bringing you a little mini bonus episode here. Uh, you know, of course, on Wednesdays, we do our crossover Wednesday show. Uh, recording with the host of Locked On Bears is going to be delayed a little bit. So since we lost a day of being able to recap the game from Monday night, David and I decided to hop on here, react to a couple of the reaction voicemails that we received last night and kind of squeeze that in before crossover Wednesdays happens. And that episode will still be coming to you today. Uh, it'll be dropping right around noon uh, for those of you listening. So yeah, a little, little bit of a, a bonus episode here of Locked On Bucks. And David, you and Evan and Alex did a great job on the recap episode. Really enjoyed listening to that. I, of course, you know, I, I got to throw this out there. I was not getting that much needed beauty sleep that you alluded to. <laughs> I was, in fact, writing my pick six column, went to bed uh, about a quarter to two, and I was back up at four to go to work. So I'm a little bit still tired a little bit kind of sort of today yeah. but yeah it is what it is it's like i said in the pick six it's the only prime time game of the year it's the only time we're gonna have to deal with this unless of course they get flexed into sunday night um but real quick before we get into uh before we get into the voicemails david we need to say a little prayer for ben roethlisberger um you know that vicious just <laughs> unbelievably hard hit that he took to the back of the head from Jason Pierre Paul. I mean, it made me concerned for his yeah. future. I wasn't sure if he was even going to be able to stand up after such a unbelievable blow to the head. It was who that was tough to watch, man. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was pretty rough. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of becoming a theme. It, it almost seems like we have, uh, you know, Connor McGregor comparisons to our quarterback. And then the next week we've got the opposing quarterback, you know, getting knocked around like he's fighting money uh, Mayweather. So yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal out there for NFL quarterbacks these days. Yeah. I, I compared that play. You're at least Roethlisberger's reaction to that play to that of, and you're an NBA guy, you'll remember him, the flopping of Vlade Divac, because that was <laughs> pathetic. Yeah. Like, dude, you are bigger than half the linebackers in this league, and a guy with two and a half fingers grazed the back of your helmet, and you're going to collapse into the fetal position? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. that was awful. But, you know, JPP was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not going out like that. And went out and had two sacks and a forced fumble. Unfortunately, Vinny Curry was playing duck-duck-goose with all the linemen uh, around that play and didn't jump on the football, which would have been uh, – very opportunistic, but David, let's go ahead and jump into some of these reaction voicemails. Uh, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm angry or upset. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, but you know what? As, as I said in the group chat, I, I said it all over the place, and and I know I'm not the only one saying it. A month and a half ago, Jameis Winston was suspended for three games, and if if somebody had come up to us and guaranteed that we were going to be two and one when that suspension was over, and both of those wins were going to be in the NFC. There is not a single Buccaneers fan that would have been upset to hear about that. 
most of them probably would have been doing cartwheels down the street because it just it wasn't expected. They were playing with house money. And as I said on on our preview show, the Steelers are the Steelers for a reason. You know, they were in a must win situation. They were a rabid dog backed into a corner and they came out to fight. They still almost blew it, mm-hmm. but they came out to fight because they knew they had to have that game. If they didn't win that game, their chances of making the postseason and, and getting through all that drama were slim to none. So mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm not upset. I was disappointed, not angry. Looking forward to the Bears game because I think the Bucks have a real shot at at being three and one heading into the bye. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into some of these uh, some of these voicemails that we got. We wanted to make sure that we got some of these reactions up before we started previewing the Bears. And and since the game was Monday, like I said, we kind of lost a day of recapping, so we're squeezing it in this little uh, this little bonus episode. So, David, what do uh, what do we have on the docket? from our uh, voicemail participants who are now entered in to win an autographed Quan Alexander jersey. Yeah, we got two really good ones uh, coming up. And uh, the first one is going to be Jonathan from West Palm Beach. What's up, guys? Big fan of the podcast is Jonathan calling from West Palm Beach, Florida. And, man, that was a tough loss, tough loss, but – in the grand scheme of things, we came out of what seemed to be like a death sentence of a schedule, two and one, and really had a legit chance to win that game. And I think my biggest takeaway is that um, a lot of these wounds were just self-inflicted stuff. So, I mean, just some of the uh, Fitz's turnover in the end zone was a terrible pass. Chris got a win fumble, dropping a touchdown. We were really in this game. So, um, still encouraged by what I saw. Looking forward to a great game in Chicago. Um, but I think our key is that we have to get some sort of run game going, some semblance of a run game, um, because without that, we really have uh, – I think I feel like a big portion of our playbook is kind of taken out with the <clears throat> with the threat to run. So hopefully they can get it together, get Barbara going right in the middle, but we'll see what happens. But a uh, good game. Not scourged at all. It's going to be a great season. Go Bucks. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan, I think you, I think you nailed it right on the head, and that was something that I talked about uh, in my in my pick six column Tuesday morning. Was you know this is this is absolutely not a time to panic. You know, the Buccaneers had a terrible first half. They had a, a really good second half. Held the Steelers to no points. Um, couldn't quite get that stop at the end, uh, despite you know the. I'm still baffled by the fact that such a ticky-tack holding call negated a Deshaun Jackson electrifying punt return for a touchdown. But then you have two Buccaneers defensive linemen held on what ended up being the deciding first down of the game. And and for the first time all night, the refs decided to keep the laundry in their pocket. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is such an encouraging start. Um, the run game is still struggling a lot and really makes you wonder how much longer are they going to leave Ronald Jones inactive? You know, how, how far behind can he possibly be to not be active? Cause they need a spark. They need something. I love Peyton Barber. I do, but there's, there's no, there's no change of pace guy. There's no electric guy in that backfield. You know, Peyton quiz, Sean Wilson, they're all pretty similar. Um, you know, Ronald Jones is that big play burst kind of guy and they need something. They need a spark somewhere. Uh, and it's something that that is starting to become somewhat concerning. You look at, at the game 
against the Steelers two different times. This team had first and goal from the five yard line and settled for field goals on both. You can't have that. You know, there wasn't a single target to Mike Evans in on either of those possessions. Um, I didn't understand the force feeding of Godwin all night long. I understand that Godwin is a great talent. I, I love the fact that he's on this team. I think he's going to be a future superstar, but you have Mike Evans lined up one-on-one against a corner who's you know, 17 feet shorter than him. How are you not giving him an opportunity? You have OJ Howard who towers over everybody and you're not giving him an opportunity. And all these passes were going at Godwin's feet and, you know, down at his knees. You're not throwing it up in the air to give your 12 foot tall receivers and tight ends an opportunity to make a play. It just, it was really baffling, but all of that's a moot point. If you have somebody who, can get those five yards. And I understand that Peyton Barber can, but we haven't seen it in those situations yet. So something needs to happen to get this run game going. But other than that, I really honestly don't have very many complaints about this football team. They have exceeded expectations from front to back on both sides of the ball. I know the defense is going to get ridiculed um, because that's just kind of the thing to do right now. But when you have a secondary RIP Chris Conti um, <laughs> with with two rookie corners, you have a rookie safety, you have a second year safety, and they're playing as well as they did outside of of Antonio Brown's you know thirty yard basically screen pass for a touchdown. Antonio Brown was held to fifty yards receiving. Yeah. You know, and Brent Grimes did not look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, I said it in, in my column. I'm not I'm not freaking out about Brent Grimes either. He's still the best corner on this team. He looked rusty. He looked like a person who has not played a football game in three weeks, you know, since that third preseason game. So, you know, it's gonna take him, you know, a couple of a couple of weeks to get back in the swing of things. And it's like, well, Brent, it's great to have you back. Now go defend Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster. Best of luck to you. <laughs> um so you know, I'm I, I have nothing to complain about. I'm not one of these people ready to jump off the Skyway Bridge because the Bucks had a bad half of football. Um, you know, there's there's some great things on the horizon, and uh, yeah, it's definitely far from panic time. Um, but before I I kick it over to you, David, like I said, I mean, it's not like it's not like the Buccaneers went into this game 16 and a half point favorites against the Buffalo Bills and still lost. I mean, can Oof. you imagine how embarrassing something like that would be? Yeah, I have a very inappropriate <laughs> joke that I'm not going to say. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I really I agree with pretty much everything Jonathan said. I mean, a lot of self-inflicted wounds, uh, you know, on Monday night and and a definitely a very winnable game. But honestly, uh, I, I said this to, to I think in the, in the group chat. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I was I think I'm alone on it. I didn't read all the responses, but. If, if I'm looking at two NFL teams in a vacuum and I have one that was challenging for, you know, an AFC championship game or a Super Bowl berth uh, the year prior, and I've got one that was a, that had a top 10 draft pick uh, coming out of the year, you know, the year prior. And I look at it and the, and the team that had the draft pick had four turnovers and only lost by a field goal. And then the team that was challenging for a Super Bowl berth, uh, was the benefactor of four turnovers, a plus three turnover margin, and only one by three. 
Um, I'm more concerned about the team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender and can't win by more than three points having a plus three turnover margin, uh, especially with those offensive weapons that they have. And, and what we saw out of Antonio Brown and, and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is really what we've seen all year from the Steelers. And I, I, know, I don't know how many Bucks fans actually go back and you know, watch other teams and all that stuff, but that's why we're here, right, to kind of fill in those, those gaps for those who don't have the time or the desire to go do that. And, uh, you know, when I, when I went into the Steelers games against the Browns and the Chiefs, a lot of what we saw Monday night is a lot of what we saw against those two teams where they, they, they're trying to make their money with Antonio Brown in the quick slant in the screen game. And as long as you make tackling him a platoon effort, you're usually going to be fine. And we saw the one pass that he was really able to take and do something with, unfortunately ended up in the end zone. Right. But what happened there, it was a one-on-one situation where it was one guy trying to make a tackle uh, or make a play. And it just, it's, it's, you're going to lose that, that matchup more often than you're going to win. I don't care who you are um, with Antonio Brown. And then Justin Evans, you know, taking a bad angle. We've talked about Justin Evans and his bad angles before. Unfortunately, it's just something that he's going to have to develop over time, he's still a young player. He's a second-year safety in the National Football League. He's aggressive, and that aggression, uh, that aggression, unfortunately, is going to lead to things like that sometimes. Um, but that, that aggression also less led to a first-quarter interception. Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. Um, so you got to <laughs> take the good Chef. with the bad. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, you know, you got to take the the bad, the good with the bad. Um, it just kind of happened where all of our young guys, it seems, kind of chose to have their bag moments all in one game and really it's not even one game it it was one quarter yeah i mean the first quarter you know uh the buccaneers left the first quarter with the lead now granted the sealers got the lead very early in the second quarter i got it but you know the, the bucks won the first quarter and as far as i'm concerned they won the second half they just really 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 lost that second quarter um and you can't do things like that right but that's 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 kind of how things went down but uh, yeah, I'm not discouraged at all, and I know Steelers fans, and I know the Steelers themselves are going to cherish this victory uh, as they should because it's the first one, but uh, I don't know. I mean, again, going from challenging for a Super Bowl bid to barely beating a team that had a top-10 draft pick the year before despite having a plus-three turnover margin, I, I don't know how much I'm celebrating that. You know, that's that's not really going to make me feel all that great about the future, but um, it, it is what it is, so – we're moving on, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that Jonathan's not discouraged and that he's, uh, you know, he's still feeling good about the year overall. Because, yeah, the team's two and one after the 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 toughest three game stretch to start a season in the entire Super Bowl era. So, how can you be mad at that? All right. Well, David, who uh, who's next up in the uh, voicemail queue there? So next is uh, our great friend Greco Suave. Greco. This is Brooklyn. Also known as Grico Suave at Grico Suave. What an exciting game! We got a lot of stuff to look forward to, and a lot of mistakes to clean up. But I'm pretty proud how they played overall. A little shout out to Mike Evans getting a touchdown record for the Bucks, and a shout out to Godwin catching another one. He had a tough game. Godwin had a tough game, man. Really tough game. Ups and downs, but he came through played tough. Our defense, we still got issues stopping the run, but overall they were playing really, really tough. Can't say enough about them. Shout out to Dungy. He's the man. All I can say is I don't want to hear any controversy about the quarterback or Fitzpatrick. 
He played his guts out. So let's leave that to rest. We'll get the coaches make up that, and we'll just keep pushing forward. Anyway, it was a great game. Great game. I wish we would have cut out with the W. But I still feel good about our team. Go Bucks. Um, you know, Greco, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, but I will disagree with this point, and that was the uh, the ability to stop the run for the Buccaneers. You know, last night, I I honestly think they did a phenomenal job shutting down the run. And look at it this way: James Conner broke off a a huge run at the end of the game that basically sealed it. Um. You know, there was the well, it did seal it because that was the the play following the pass to Juju Smith Schuster when when McCoy missed on the sack. But James Conner busted off a run for 17 yards. Okay. He finished the day with 61 yards. So up until that exact run, they had held him to eleven, an average of eleven rushing yards per quarter. Um and that was one of those things they stacked the box. Connor found a crease, got through it, and by you know he immediately got to the second level. Uh, and you know there was nobody there to stop him. You had to wait on on a safety to be able to come down and, and get him. That's just one of those things that happens. Um, I don't know if you remember David or or Greco, um, Cadillac Williams, his very first game against the Minnesota Vikings. It was in the fourth quarter at the very end of the game. And the Bucks were trying to run the clock out. Minnesota stacked the box. Cadillac got past that that initial, you know, front nine, and then nobody could stop him. He busted off a, a sixty-plus yard touchdown run. So that was just kind of the circumstance that Connor had last night. You know, the Bucks stacked the box. They knew the run was coming. They knew they had to get a stop, call a timeout, try to get the ball back. Connor Connor found the crease, got through, and got seventeen of his sixty-one yards. So you're talking about forty-four yards throughout the the other. 58 minutes of the game yep. uh, you know the the bucks did a great uh great job sh- uh shutting down the run and and like he said you know shout out to mike evans it's great to see uh somebody so young i mean, 25 years old a 25 year old receiver is now the bucks all-time leader in receiving touchdowns he is tied for the all-time lead in most 100 yard games mm-hmm. and he's 25 like it's incredible. There's so many years of Mike Evans ahead that he might put up numbers that are untouchable in, in your and my lifetime. Oh yeah, so, and he's getting yak this year. He's getting some some yak. Yeah, he is. Uh, unfortunately, the yak for Godwin led to a fumble. But um, you know, Godwin had a he had an up and down uh, a tough game. You know, he had some key drops, but he also had some jaw dropping um, receptions. Mm-hmm. So again, you're talking about a second year player. Uh, he's still finding his groove and, and Fitz was not great. He was definitely not Fitz magic. He was Fitz tragic in the first half and then kind of got a little bit of that magic back. But overall, he was pretty average. He was still missing on guys. You take that the Bucks have an opportunity to at least go down and get a, t- a game tying field goal. And they go three and out because Fitz can't hit a receiver. He was throwing a lot of his passes low. And if they weren't low, they were 15 yards over their receivers heads. I, I still can't understand how Witten tried to blame Mike Evans on that one interception because, you know, first off, Evans sees one thing and Fitz sees another, and so they're they're all not on the same page there. But even if if Deshaun Jackson is running under that ball, it's still five yards past his head. So, I mean, that one was on yeah. Fitz airmailing it. He airmailed a dump off to, to Jacquez Rogers that got returned for the touchdown, and 
I mean, really, that was the difference right there. The Bucks defense held the Steelers to 23 points of offense. That's a that's a win. Without that pick six, the Bucks win that game. So I know you can't really say that. And I think Ren made a great point in, in their instant cast that you know, if you change one thing, it it changes the entire timeline of everything. Things yeah, don't play time. out the same way. Um but you can look at that as a as a key moment. The Bucks defense was pretty stout, and they're going to continue to get hated on until they have one of these insane seven sack, three interception shutout games, which just isn't going to happen anytime soon. The, not with the way the NFL is built now. You know, the, it's an offensive game. You just have to try to hope that your defense can get a few stops here and there, which the Bucks did the entire second half, and your offense can outgun your opponent. But yeah, again, an, another great call um, from Greco. There, he's um, he always brings it. So yeah, I'll I'll disagree about the stopping the run thing, and and you know we're just going to see Godwin continue to get better from here, and Mike Evans, pff, give him a gold jacket now. Good <laughs> lord, top yeah, ten. No, uh, what's that? Top ten receiver. Yeah, definitely a top ten receiver. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to look forward to, and there's definitely a lot to clean up. So I mean. Uh, 100% correct there, and yeah, even though even though Chris Godwin had uh, a very up and down game, it's it was good to see him have the ups, you know, with the downs. I mean, you don't you don't want to see the downs, right? But everybody always gets worried about the yips. I know that's a baseball term, but it can happen in football too. And so to oh, see sure. Chris be able to come back and make some positive plays despite the early struggles was was very reassuring. Um, and I think it, it speaks to some of that maturity that a lot of the coaches and his teammates have been ranting and raving about. That you know in the midst of all that turmoil, he's still going to come out there every once in a while and make uh, some of those good plays that we've seen, which is why I think Fitzpatrick, you know, kept going to him. I'm, I'm just as dumbfounded as you are uh, as, as to how, you know, the team didn't try to exploit Mike Evans uh, matchup against Cody Sensabaugh a little bit, a little bit more than they did, but Hey, you know, what's, what's in the past is in the past. Um, I agree with you, uh, James, well on the run. I mean, I think they bottled up James, uh, James Conner uh, pretty well for, for the most part uh, outside of that, that one big run. And then there was one more run uh, at another point in the game where he got a little bit of a, a chunk play. Um, and, and that's exactly what I, you know, I wrote about it uh, prior to the game that they needed to take, take the, take the fight to, to, to uh, the young running back. Something that I didn't see the Browns and the chiefs do was take the fight to him. He's not, he's not as shifty as Le'Veon Bell is. There's not a lot of people who are, but, I don't want to say he can't make cuts and can't make moves, but he's just, he's really not that kind of stop on a dime and change direction type of guy. So what I wanted to see was the Buccaneers defense really attack him when he got the ball. And for the most part, they did. Unfortunately, the way they attacked him, well, the way one player attacked him uh, on that big run, you know, not securing the edge is, is really what bit the team in the, in, in the rear end there. But I mean, for, for the most part, uh, all game, they really attacked him. They really kind of made him, you know, uh, stay with his first decision and didn't give him the opportunity to read and react. And that's what, you know, that, that was very effective. And I think they're going to need to keep doing that against some of these running backs they're going to face here in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, but the, the, the thing I like and the, and the, and the, the main reason I was, I was very, very happy that we decided to do this bonus episode is because in years past, and I know we saw a little bit of it during the game, right? You, we see the Buccaneers fan base get really negative, really fast and kind of go to mm-hmm. a dark place. And and uh Evan and Alex and I talked about this on yesterday's episode where at the half, you know, I asked them where were you on a scale of of 1 to 10. I didn't realize so I listened to the episode again today that I said uh throwing the TV through the remote 
Hopefully everybody realized what it actually meant. I honestly thought you did that on purpose. Like no, I, thought, I, just, I, I, I laughed. Didn't. I was I was like, oh, he's making a funny. No, <laughs> no, I was just I was definitely just tired. It was definitely just one one o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> but you know that but I think a lot of people were there. And like I said on, on the episode, I was getting some tweets during halftime. And I found myself trying to be like the voice of reason, like, hey, guys, we still got a whole other half to go. It's not over. Hang in there, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm having to you know, talk down a lot of people. And I was kind of worried that today we were going to see a lot of that from Bucks fans, a lot of just negativity and kind of, you know, spiraling. And and uh, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, man, we're going to be the most like negative two in one fan base in the entire league. Um, but I haven't seen that. I've seen a lot of people kind of come into the defense of the, of the defense. Right. Saying like, hey, look at what they were able to do overall uh, compared to what they were up against, you know, and stuff like that. And and even though you know Fitzpatrick had a really rough day, he had 400 yards. Granted, it you know because he, he was chucking the ball up all game, but still, you know, having 400 yards in a passing or a 400 yards passing in one game is 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 not something that happens every weekend. So uh, something to kind of you know uh, one of those silver lining things, right? And these two voicemails say the same thing. You, Evan, Alex, myself, we're all saying the same thing. There's a lot of good going on with this mm-hmm. team. You know, we just got to let them bounce back. Um, I sent Carmen a message, you know, uh, earlier today saying, you know, hey, you know, tough loss for the guys. Hopefully they can bounce back. And she wrote back, you know, uh, in kind, uh, kind of affirming that that uh, that that's, that mindset. So that's, that's very encouraging because it shows development amongst ourselves, right, that – uh, we're seeing our team growing as a fan base. I think we're also growing into one that can take some of these losses in stride and, uh, you know, kind of kind of wait for another day. So hopefully soon we'll start seeing more more uh, red and white and orange in the stadiums than we do yellow and black and whatever. <laughs> yeah, real quick, Dave, before we get out of here, I'll throw this out to you. Uh, James Conner stat line, mm-hmm. 15 carries, 61 yards, a 4.1 yard per carry average. Yeah. He had runs of 27 and 17, which means he had 13 carries for the remaining 17 yards. Yeah, exactly. That's a good run defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Jordan Howard, I mean, Jordan Howard's not the same type of runner as he is, but Jordan Howard's another guy who he he kind of makes some of his money off of defenses, giving him a little bit of time to read and react. So mm-hmm. if we see the same type of run defense – against against him then i think we'll have the same similar type of success what worries me and i know we're not doing a preview episode so i'm going to leave it at this is Tariq cohen if if someone crashes that edge too too hard like that uh like what happened on that that uh one final run um or the not the final run but the the one before that uh Tariq cohen's gonna make him pay for it so that edge discipline is, is definitely got to be a focal point uh this week coming into chicago All right. Well, of course, you can hear the beginning of our Chicago previews a little bit later today when I speak with Lauren Cox, the uh, host of Locked on Bears. We're going to get into a a little bit of the preview there. The Bears defense is hot. The Bears offense is not too worrisome. So it'll be interesting to see how these two teams match up. It reminds me a lot of that Eagles game where it's the the Bucks strength versus the Bears strength and and the Bucks weakness against the uh, the Bears' weakness here, so it could be um, it could be an interesting game there in Chicago. But until then, 
make sure that you're checking out everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com and make sure that you're following along on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks and at dh82 underscore bucks send in your voicemails we're getting we're getting hammered with them now and we appreciate all the interaction so you got to make sure that you take yours up to the next level try to keep them in that you know 30 to 45 second range maybe a minute tops um and uh, if you can leave your Twitter handle so we know to contact you, if you are the winner of that glorious autographed Quan Alexander jersey, all you have to do is call 813-444-5841 and go ahead and leave your voicemail there. Uh, yeah, check out that that crossover Wednesday episode coming up a little bit later today, and then David and I will be back, uh, what, Thursday, right? Thursday, yep. We will be back Thursday to continue talking about the Bucks and the Bears. Thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. <laughs>